This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What is up, wrestling fans? A little bit later than we had planned on, but night one of WrestleMania 37 is in the books. This is Top Rope Nation, episode 203, here to break it all down for you. We are streaming live on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook right now. So if you are tuning in, we would love for you to get involved in the show. Leave us a comment. We will read it on the air. Give us your take on what you saw at WrestleMania 37 tonight, the first half of the show. I, I, I guess the road to WrestleMania, we're somewhere in the middle of the road right now. Uh, we'll get to part two tomorrow night. Uh, but tonight, I got a great crew with us to break it all down. I'm going to introduce all of them. <laughs> Number one, the man that was just waving at you. He's got the Top Rope Nation hat on. He's got a 1985-era Hulk Hogan t-shirt on, American Made. <laughs> Kyle Russ, are you American Made? What's going on tonight? I guess so. I was just drunk and wanted to buy a t-shirt, man. <laughs> Hogan's Beach Shop, right? Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Right there in the Tampa area. You're really in the mood for tonight's WrestleMania show. I'm digging it. And uh, we also have joining us. He's I don't even know how many times he's been on the show. Several times I've been on his show over at PW Torch. Actually, since the last time, Zach, you were on Top Rope Nation, you've had a promotion. Now the assistant editor of the Pro Wrestling Torch. Long time friend. Of Top Rope Nation, Zach Haydorn, what's going on? Not much, you guys. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, gosh, after hearing your your story, Kyle, about the 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 T-shirt, I'm you know glad we glad I didn't take you up on that Twitter offer from earlier this evening. <laughs> oh, by the way, I have to say one thing uh, with Zach on the show, Ryan. Yes, who doesn't love the White Sox? <laughs> yes oh that is hilarious because i don't know if you heard this or not zach but we recently did um a classic show on wrestlemania 22 and i brought up okay. the fact that the white Sox had won the world series the previous fall and i don't know if kyle wants to repeat what he said on the show but he had a fact about the white Sox that he told everybody uh, this is going down a dark path already i feel like just you should reveal it you should reveal what what, what kyle, what'd you say i simply pointed out that a little known fact about the chicago white Sox is that no one in chicago actually gives a fuck about the white Sox. <laughs> hey and i, I uh, immediately said poor zach hater and apologized. <laughs> Hey, this sucker was wearing the White Sox hat. Hey, hey, I'll tell you this. I will tell you this. We've had social distancing down at that stadium for years now. So there you go. Years and yeah. years at White Sox Stadium. <laughs> that is true. That is very yes. true. I've been there a few yes. times myself. 
And also joining us tonight, uh, he is one of our Blue Wire Podcasting Network brothers. He's been on the show before. He was on, I believe, last summer for one of our fantasy draft shows. Mm. He is the host of the Veterans Minimum Podcast. He, it's, a, it's a great show. I'm a big fan of it myself. I oftentimes uh, will tune into their YouTube page because he has really, really slick video production. Uh, you've recently got a studio in New York City. Nick, it's awesome stuff. Glad to have you back on the show. It's Nick Diaz from Veterans Minimum. What's going on, Nick? Dude, if you wanted to keep going on the intro, I would have let you just keep going. Those, 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 I like to put over, over our guests. Yeah. Cool, man. I'm a little jealous. I, I have a, an entire drawer full of wrestling shirts, and I failed. I failed Top Rope Nation by not putting one on. <laughs> but I'm here. I remember so recently you did a show. Well, you had a birthday show where you talked wrestling for a long time. I watched that clip. Um, but you also were rocking the Mandy Rose shirt recently on your YouTube show. That was pretty sweet. Yeah, man. I I have so many shirts and people get so excited when I wear wrestling shirts more than any other shirt. So I kind of just mix and match. And Mandy is, you know, she's Miss Slam. She just doesn't know it yet. But, you know, <laughs> got to represent for the missus. Oh man, she, could, she had she had a slip up tonight. Which was yeah, I was gonna say yeah, she could a use, little bit, a little bit. She could use some consoling tonight, buddy. Yeah, I wasn't there, man. I let her down. I let the fans down. I should have been there to pick up my lady. You got to pick up your woman when she goes down. You know what I'm saying? That's right. You would have been there to pick her up. I am sure. I'm sure of that. Guys, um, let us know your grade for WrestleMania. If you're on Facebook, leave us a comment. Um, I can actually, this is the first time I've used this particular streaming software, so I'll, I will actually be able to embed your comments in the stream. So let us know what you think. If you're watching on Twitter, reply to the tweet. I believe I can import your comments that way. And of course, YouTube. Uh, if you're on YouTube, subscribe to the channel first and foremost. Leave us a like and comment on the video, and we'll see what you thought of the show tonight. But uh, we're going to kick it around the horn. Uh, this is what we always do on our pay-per-view post shows. Give it a A through F grade. Tonight's night one of WrestleMania 37. Um, I'm going to start off just because based on what Kyle said off air, maybe we'll have a little disagreement here. So I am going to give this show for the very first time in a long time an A. I'm giving night one of WrestleMania 37 and a, I thought it was a lot of fun. Got off to a rocky start as we're going to get into, you know, with the rain delay and everything. And honestly, the first couple matches, there, there's some give and take there, but by the end of the show, I really enjoyed it. So I'm giving it an a Kyle. What do you have to say about that? What do I have to say about that? I'd love to be in Mr. Drosty's class. That's what I always <laughs> say when you grade high. Great. Uh, not a curve, man. Yeah. I'll go B. Okay. Which is a solid grade for me, as you know, because I have standards. <laughs> but, uh, no, it was, I agree with you. It did get off to a bit of a rocky start, but slowly but surely, everything delivered, um, over delivered, I should say. And the main event was great. And that kind of solidified the B grade for me. All right. Zach, what do you got? I'm going B plus. I'm going B plus. And I think it would, there's some there's some booking things that that kind of drop it from the A for me, but I mean overall it's hard to argue with the fact that it was a fun show start to finish. I thought it was a well paced show um, that really went by pretty quick, and everything 
you know, from a match perspective and how it was laid out, I thought was slotted in the right place as, as well. And it kind of, everything culminated with the, with the main event and the main event felt like a main event. So yeah, really uh, a fun night of wrestling and, and, and a B plus for me. Nice. Nick. Yeah, man. I think, I think B plus is what I'm going to go with also to steal a little thunder from Zach. I think the, the one thing I would have switched was probably put that Braun and Shane match first, just because I think hearing here comes the money to start the pay-per-view would have been pretty fire. And I think the spacing of it was cool and the pace was cool. Yeah, we had that delay in the beginning. But, man, Bad Bunny, I think, was the star of the night for me. I know that might be a stretch, but something with these celebrity wrestlers that come in, well, these celebrities that come and wrestle, dude, he might be the first one that I could think of that was actually a mark as he, (laughs) like, came into the role that he came into. Right? Like, this guy is a huge-ass wrestling fan, has wrestlers in his videos, always wears merch at award shows and he even has wrestler names as songs and he really impressed me man that was such a fun match it's exactly what it should be when the celebrity comes into a match and then of course the women at the end uh, by god is there anything else we could say positive about that one yeah absolutely i mean historic close to the show i i absolutely loved everything about that uh, we're gonna get into all of it here i, I got some comments here i want to show on the air uh number one We've got uh, Aaron on Facebook. He says, B delivered on the matches we expected. Should have cut Braun Shane, or at least way shorter. Banks Bolero was match of the night. Even could have went longer. Great to have fans back. I think we can all agree about that. Awesome mm. to sh- see a show yeah. in the stadium again. Uh, we have H-Man, 340. He's checking in on Twitter. Gives it an A-. We've got uh, Pippa74 on Twitter. A, Love Night 1 from the Slips to Bad Bunny but I failed at all my picks. <laughs> I got to say our friend, uh, our friend Kyle Ryan over on our Facebook group, by the way, if you guys are not in our Facebook group, join it. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube or you're listening to the podcast version after the fact, we have a, a Facebook discussion group. It's a lot of fun. Had a live thread going during the show. You can search top rope nation pro wrestling discussion. Uh, but Kyle Ryan, he has like a pick league that we're doing in the group. And about halfway through the show, I was like, oh, my God, man, my picks are not doing well. I'm going to embarrass myself. I Really? I, yeah. I, oh, wow. Well, I mean, number one, I missed on the first match. Yeah. So did yeah. I. Me too. So, so oh, I'm you like, guys thought it was going to be Drew? Yeah, mm-hmm. I did. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I always debate entering those because I'm like, I'm going to embarrass myself if I do bad. And then I'm like the host of the show that the group's about. And it's like, I'm going to look <laughs> really, really bad. I can't fail here. And so, like, halfway through the show, I'm like, oh, man shouldn't have entered it <laughs> but no it's <laughs> it's it's all in good fun uh let's see the twitter poll we've got 105 votes as of last check yes and uh 45 give it a a 46 percent a b so pretty much right where we were five percent a c and uh two percent a d or f not sure what show those people are watching but yeah, i'd say a b is pretty fair <laughs> I love those people. Every poll that somebody gives it a deer. So, I respect there's it. Always, those always out there. Always. <laughs> Guys, um, if this is the first time you listen to Top Rope Nation, please subscribe wherever you're watching. Follow us on Twitter at Top Rope Nation. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. That's the big focus recently is getting our YouTube channel to grow. So subscribe and like the video while you're there. And of course, this is episode 203 of the podcast. So you can find our show 
every single week wherever podcasts are found. So match of the night, fellas. I mean, Nick said it. I said it. Bianca, Sasha, uh, Kyle, is that your match of the night or you got something different? C, yes. So, so Sasha, Bianca? Yep. Yes, yes. Okay, and Zach? Yeah, C-C. yeah, absolutely. Yep, for sure. All right, so we're all on the same page there. Now, as I mentioned at the top, this thing was, you know, you wait 13 months for your first WWE show in front of fans. Um, they go live. You get, of course, Vince McMahon out there making the big appearance to welcome everyone to Raymond James Stadium. And But they got the whole roster behind them. But I mean, as it started, I'm like, of course, Vince takes this moment, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I had flashbacks to what he, you know, that SmackDown, what he pronounced the WWE would defeat terrorism. Oh, yes. The one after 9-11. Yes. Yeah. Wow, yeah, yeah. That's a throwback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so everyone's on the stage. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a cool moment. They had uh, America the Beautiful or uh, the National Anthem. I can't remember which one she sang. Don't remember. <laughs> but uh, You call yourself a proud American. <laughs> <laughs> hey, America the Beautiful is a much better song than the Star Spangled Banner. I, I will say it. And then, you know, we go to the show open. We're ready to go, we think. <laughs> Or not so much because rain delay. And if you were on social media this afternoon, you probably saw the pictures. There's these ominous clouds coming in throughout the afternoon. Uh, The radar initially looked like it would clear up right at the time the show went on the air. But that was not to be. We got like a 45-minute rain delay. Nobody really knew what to do. They were going backstage to uh, different wrestlers to talk, different broadcasts broadcasters backstage michael cole was awkwardly trying to make jokes out in front of the camera i guess you know like the uh samoa joe and a poncho yeah (laughs) that's the visual of the night right there that was yeah i agree (laughs) i mean i guess like the positive of this is you see who can think on their feet right yes absolutely yeah it sounded it looked like when kevin owens took that microphone from whoever was interviewing him and got right in front of the camera it it felt like he had just been waiting for that moment for his entire entire WWE career to have an open mic live on a big pay-per-view and really with with, with no strings attached and, and nobody could really do anything to him because they were just totally, you know, uh, improvising. So you got to see some people shine, I think, in that moment. And I thought Drew cut a heck of a promo. Kevin Owens did. You know, even Seth being annoying Seth, I thought hit the points <laughs> and, uh, you know, was 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 the heel set that he needed to be. Yes. Yeah, Kyle, Nick. I mean, who who stood out for you guys at, at this moment? Kyle, who who stood out for you uh, shooting from the hip here? Yeah, Ko for sure. Zach hit it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, at the other end of the spectrum, we had Shane McMahon, who I believe was given the hook by MVP. That was a real <laughs> ominous start to kind of the run of the thing. Like, like they just sort of sent MVP into the middle of his promo, and Shane just laughed. And I mean, Shane's yeah. promo wasn't certainly very good. Um, I would love to hear um, from somebody backstage at WWE how that was going down. You know, like, were they just like, I mean, obviously it's chaos. I mean, were they just looking for guys like, hey, can you go out there right now and give us three minutes? I would love to know the process of who was being allowed on camera and why. I That would just fascinate me. And number two, you know, you hear all this stuff from people who work at W. Oh, we can't let these guys cut scripted promos. Oh, what if they screw up? Other than Shane McMahon, I saw no reason why these people shouldn't be 
allowed to cut scripted promos. They were so much better. They were so much more authentic. Yeah, Yeah, the unscripted promos, for sure. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, that's been a big problem with WWE for a long time is the overscripting. We go on and on about that on the podcast. Um, Nick, anyone anyone impress you during this time? I mean, I already talked about Bad Bunny and we talked about the women, but I also like that Cesaro had his moment and the the swings i mean i had a feeling he was gonna break his swing record after he did it to seth a couple of months ago Mm -hmm. but man just to just to do that and not collapse after just rotating that many times from being dizzy (laughs) dude that that was that was was one of the more impressive parts of the show i mean like I think about I have two little kids and they love for me to like swing them around in a circle like little kids do. And I can only do it like five times and I feel sick. So I don't know how they do 20 <laughs> times. <laughs> it's it's insane. Yeah. No, I I think from the unscripted perspective, Kevin Owens is is someone who stood out for me. And you go to someone who spent years and years on the independent scene. It probably shouldn't be a surprise that they can go out there and they can give you five minutes pretty easily. Right. Yeah. That was not surprising at all that he would be able to deliver that. I was trying to think, you know, you think about the scripted promos and going back to it. Was it test that screwed it all up? Do you remember? Does anyone remember this? Like somebody went out there with a lot and went off script and said something they weren't supposed to say and really pissed them off, uh, Vince off. And they just, at that point just decided we're, you know, going to heavily script almost everybody. Was it test? Am I making that up? Does anyone remember that story? I don't remember, remember who for it sure. Was. I bet you there's a there's probably a lot of those stories. <laughs> my, <laughs> my guess. But you always you always hear you know again from people that work in WWE they'll say oh you know if, if these guys go out there and they swear or they say something really stupid and cost us a corporate sponsor well it's like to me it's like well if they do that fire them yeah <laughs> you know yeah. I mean if, if you can't do what these the majority of these folks were able to do uh, in this tough situation I'm gonna be very honest with you, I don't think you should be in this business. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, the other th- I agree. Go ahead. I was going to say the other thing too is like you know tonight you, they you know all those people got a taste of not of doing that successfully on you know the biggest stage of WWE's entire year. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like I, you know I'm not I certainly wouldn't put money on okay this is going to change how Vince McMahon thinks about his his promos on on a week to week basis. But you know I, I you know hopefully it opens some eyes and goes you know. Hey, th- everything came off just more authentic, you know, more like from the from the the gut and the heart of the people that were speaking. And I and I, I think that's you know you can't quite overstate just how important important that is. Yeah, well, absolutely. What about what about just allowing certain talent to be able to shoot off the hip and go unscripted, right? Like, yeah. I'm sure even back in the Attitude Era, they weren't letting Dean Malenko cut promos the way Stone Cold would, right? Like. There's certain yeah. people in the company that you could give, like Kevin Owens always seemed to have that vibe to him. Uh, yeah. The Miz is the one that comes to mind, right? Another guy who wrestled tonight. Maybe someone like Cesaro, you sort of limit him and make him be you know, the, the bullet points on the card or whatever it might be. So I just think that eventually you just weed out the talent that can't do the unscripted stuff, and then you have the people that could do the scripted stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a, there's a handful of veterans that I think have a lot of leeway. Like Brian's one of them, right? There's a couple of them that they don't script too much, but like 95% of the roster is like heavily, heavily scripted. It's so, it's so visible in their deliveries that they're trying to remember what they have to say. 
Yeah. And that's like cringy. Yeah. yeah. And, mm-hmm. and when they don't believe what they're saying, that's the worst part about it. Yeah. When you know, they're handing exactly. a promo and they're like, I don't want to be saying this. This isn't what I want to, this isn't what I would want to say. And, yeah. and that's always what it doesn't work. But on the opposite of the spectrum, you mentioned Brian. I mean, the three promos we got on SmackDown last night, my guess is those three guys have heavy influence on what they're allowed to say. Brian mm-hmm. Edge and Reigns. So, yeah. yeah, I think we're all in agreement. Less scripting, yeah. especially yes. for the guys who don't need it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and girls. <laughs> hey, so, by the way, anyone watching, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, wherever you are, let us know the highlights of the show to you. We'll get involved here on the broadcast. But we're going to move forward. And, Kyle, something that you just said cringy you know you can tell that they don't want to say it that is the perfect segue into the next thing on the show and that was titus o'neill out there with hulk hogan to welcome oh. us <laughs> Ooh, just boy. before yeah. that first match now titus is not the biggest fan of the hulkster for understandable reasons and you know if you know that watching this segment you, know, you, you see Titus kind of giving the side eye to Hogan. You could kind of understand why. He kind of stood with his back to him a little bit. Like <laughs> yes, he was yes. freezing him out. Yeah. Yeah. I heard I heard from a uh I heard from a couple of people that were at the show that uh, Hogan got booed by the live audience. Oh so. dude, you could tell from the yeah. you could tell from watching it. I actually tweeted that out too. I was like, Hogan is being booed tonight. Like you could definitely hear it. I gotta be honest. Does anyone still care about the Hogan pop? Do you guys get excited to see Hulk Hogan? No. I'm so like no. done with him for for years, and then all the sh- all the craziness that happened the last couple of years too. But man, Hogan, maybe because it wasn't my era, it don't do anything for me. Like, give me Stone Cold there, give me some Rock, give me like the Undertaker to come out or something. But <laughs> Hogan just doesn't do anything for me. It's- Ryan in our chat says nope. it's really interesting what Nick just said, because I I had a similar thought kind of during this week when I was wondering what um, what I was thinking about Hogan being at the show. It kind of feels like the modern fan and and certain, you know, we heard like Seth had his, you know, Seth had one, you know, nice comment among a sea of dumb ones. I thought in that interview he gave with Ryan Satin um, where he criticized Hogan. It seems like the modern performers, a lot of the modern fans aren't very into Hogan. And on the flip side, the fans that Hogan brings back, are they that much into modern WWE? It just seems, it just doesn't seem like a very good marriage to do. Like, I don't know what each side is doing for each other. It just feels like, all right, we're going to bring Hulk in front of a, you know, a bunch of fans that have kind of moved on and, you know, Hulk's fans are probably going to watch this product and wish it was 1987 again. To, to me, also, uh, he's to me. Uh, go ahead. My Nick. fault, Zach. My fault. Also, he's just he's come back so many times too. Right. Yeah. Where it, there's no there's no aura to it anymore. We've seen it so many times, right? Like one of my favorite things. Look, my favorite wrestler is Stone Cold, and my favorite thing about Stone Cold is that he. Ever since he retired, he never came back for another match, right? Like, that aura still lives there. Hogan, in and out, he's just coming back, and it's just it just doesn't make any sense for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I, I think he, that's that's exactly right. The aura is gone, Zach. I, the aura is totally gone, and I think it speaks volumes. Like, when you see, you know, other top, top stars, like the pinnacle stars that WWE's had, Rock, Steve Austin in particular, you know, 
those guys aren't coming back to host WrestleMania, you know, like they're not coming back unless they're featured guys in a big way to me. Cause I wonder in the same thing you guys wonder, like what value does he possibly have when you hear these reactions, when you see, you know, the ratings come back whenever he's on a Monday night raw, I mean, they're, yeah, maybe there's a slight uptick, but for the most part, they're pretty flat. And so it screams to me, like it's a classic, like WWE corporate thing. Like, Hulk Hogan resonates somewhere in like the WWE corporate ecosystem. And so they bring him back just to say that, Hey, yeah, yep. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're good with Hulk Hogan. No, no problem there. And and that's pretty much it. Yeah. And whatever bump they do get when they bring him back, like that legend show, what was it in January or something? Yeah. It was like yeah. the first week of the year, I think was the last time they brought, yeah. He posed with Drew. Yep. It, it's so artificial because, you know, Anyone he does bring to the show, to my point earlier, they don't stay. Like, remember when we, Ryan, we reviewed that Legends Raw, and we're like, if you're a lapsed fan that came back, like, are you satisfied by what you get from the Legends? No, probably not. Yeah. Like, it's just, you know, them wandering around the hallway, running into some random current star. They have a forced conversation, and then we move on. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and this again, perfect point. What did Hogan even do tonight? He came out for the Hall of Fame again, but like that was it. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's that one backstage segment with the NWO, and I think that was it. That was it. God, I, I mean, yep. I, I I don't mean to you know pick on anyone's look. Scott Hall, oh my God, Hall looks like he's 80 years old. <laughs> yes. I mean, very much so. I mean, I'm glad his health is better than it was a yeah, few years I mean, ago, though, by all accounts. So he he may have eaten the NWO B team. Mm. <laughs> Not touching that one. <laughs> Oh, moving on. All right. So uh... the economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy from big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed. Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. So, yeah, Drew and Bobby opened the show. Um, you know, like, I, I assumed that Drew McIntyre was going to get the first appearance on screen. Of course, Vince McMahon took that moment. You get Drew coming out after the lengthy rain delay. Uh, you know, the entrance was cool. There was still some rain coming down. You could kind of see it in the lights. And this match was one I was I was very much looking forward to. I did think that they had a good match. Um, we we talked about for weeks on the podcast whether or not they would have Lashley retain. And I think about four or five weeks ago on the podcast, we were arguing that maybe that would be the right call. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Kyle in particular kind of moving back on that, like mm, maybe not so much. And then, you know, with the Hurt Business breaking up, we thought, now I'm really not sure if he's going to retain unless it is some kind of story where they're going to come back like it was all a swerve and help him retain. I thought maybe that could happen. Uh, but in the end, I was shocked by the finish. I I thought it was a cool finish, you know, with him putting on the full Nelson and uh, Drew basically passing out. He, does, he doesn't give up, but he passes out. But I didn't expect it like that. And, um, you know, for Drew McIntyre is one of your, your top baby faces on the roster. It's an odd finish for WrestleMania, I think. Uh, Kyle, you made a comment to me. I think it was in our group text. You said, uh, WrestleMania 13, this ain't it. Explain. <laughs> yeah, so, okay. I think I know what they're going for, and it's 
not going to really work. So they they already played up in the replay that they showed later in the show as well. Oh, he was going to go for the Claymore. He kind of had the match won, but MVP distracted. It was kind of a weak distraction, first of all. Yeah. And mm. then, you know, with the whole WrestleMania 13, this was not like, okay, we all remember, you know, Nick, big Stone Cold fan, Austin, the blood, passing out, the sharpshooter. I mean, compared to that, this was like a one or a two. I mean, you can't have your top baby face passing out in a full Nelson in the year 2021. You just can't. I mean, they're going to say, oh, he didn't pass out. Oh, he could have had the match one. I just think that's kind of weak. Like, I'm not saying that Drew McIntyre had to win tonight. Um, I was surprised he didn't by putting him out there first. I was like, okay, well, they're going to give, you know, a baby face win first match and back in front of the fans. But man, I, I I just don't think top baby faces should be passing out the full Nelsons on the biggest show of the year. I just don't. Yeah. Zach, what do you make of this? Do you think that this finish and having Bobby retain was because there's not any top heels for Drew to work with if he won the title? Or why do you think they made this decision? And what do you God, make of the finish? I, I, it's hard to make sense of that finish, to be honest with you. And I I I because I and I'm with I'm with Kyle Ryan. It sounds like I'm with you. I thought the match itself was 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 pretty darn good. I thought it was hard hitting. I thought that both guys kind of it was surprising because the reactions when they walked out were a little like mixed both directions. But by the end of the match, I thought Drew did a good enough job as the baby face in there. And Bobby Lashley really did a good enough job to get some heat. And by the end, it was clear, like the fans wanted Drew McIntyre to win that match. And, and that's a credit to, to Bobby Lashley, just as much as it is to, to Drew McIntyre for just how they played their part in the match itself. Um, but I, I mean, I really think that Drew McIntyre had had to win that match for as hot as Bobby Lashley has gotten with the Hurt Business and with the WWE Championship um, and the run that he's on. I mean, the real run of the past, you know, 12, 13 months is, is Drew McIntyre. I mean, his story is intertwined with this pandemic. His story is mm. intertwined with, you know, WrestleMania 36, not going off the way it should have no fans and now you know he's out there to complete that journey and to finish that whole picture and he loses essentially essentially clean in the middle of the ring i don't think that distraction was enough to really put a definitive oh he was screwed you know mm -hmm. um it, it was I, I thought it came across relatively relatively clean and i just i don't know where you go with him on this so i i mean i i Yes, there's a weak, you know, list of potential heels that can go that can go with with Drew McIntyre had you had him win the title. But I think him putting the end point on his 12 month story was, I think, a big miss um, uh, for for WWE tonight. And one of the reasons why I kind of have my grade for the show right right outside of A because I, I think they missed the boat on that one. Yeah, what do, what do you think, Nick? Yeah, man, I kind of agree with what Zach is saying. And also, if you think about it, all. All the interviews that I've heard Drew have over the last year, he's mentioned how he wished he could have had that moment of him w winning the title with a crowd. So it just would have been like a crowning moment, full circle kind of thing, right? Because mm -hmm. really, he was the one that probably suffered the most from the pandemic from, you know, in, in, in wrestling, if you really think about it, because he didn't really have that moment in front of an audience and going over on Brock and whatnot. But I do think that like there was a report that, you know, I'm not really a dirt sheet guy, but there was a report that this is the happiest 
Vince has been with Bobby Lashley ever. And this is the run that he's wanted and has envisioned with Bobby Lashley. I think we're going to see Lashley have the title for the foreseeable future. So I was, I I thought Lashley was going to win tonight um, because of that. Like Vince, you know, Vince still likes those big body guys like a Lashley. Like that's a prototypical guy that Vince would get behind. So, but I, but I agree, man, it, it would have been cool to see Drew win and just the whole full circle moment that some of you guys have mentioned. Isn't it kind of ironic when you think about it? If, if you look at the men's and the women's division from 2020, the people, you know, who was hurt the most by the pandemic or, or even who helped them the most during the pandemic. I mean, if you look at the men's and women's division, Drew McIntyre completely carried the men's division in 2020. And so going in, most people thought he was going to win the title and get that moment. Doesn't happen. And the other side in the women's division, Bailey, probably her, Sasha, but Bailey's in the conversation as MVP of 2020, doesn't even have a match on the show. Mm. Right. You know, it's interesting with Drew. We talked about it on this podcast before Ryan, you know, what was refreshing about his booking in 2020 is that he's a baby face that overcomes the odds and wins mm-hmm. that, you know, he used to be used to that growing up, but in the modern WWE, you don't get that very often. Yeah. So, and this was kind of the first time that he didn't do that. Uh, Nick made the point that he thinks Lashley's going to probably have it for a while. I think you got to, cause like, I mean, you can't just kind of like hand wave, the finish tonight and just like go back to drew in a month or two mm-hmm. right like he he needs yeah. like a major win over somebody else or something and i and i do agree and I, I know we had talked about that ryan just you and i about the lack of heel challengers if you just you know had mcintyre win tonight who does he feud with and yeah you know they haven't done a good job with postmania feuds in the past after me I, I wonder too you know now that you give uh, like lastly this big win you know, I mean, I wonder, is there a piece of business with Brock Lesnar potentially on the table? Is there something coming down the pipe for, for Lashley in particular that we don't know about right now that maybe this victory will kind of come into focus a little bit a little bit later? Because I don't, you know, I don't know that there's any really solid babyface challengers for him right now either, you know, outside of Drew Mac. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like they've got the same issue on the on that side of things as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. what about what about Brock coming back as a baby face? Yeah, there you go. Right? I can right? see we've, it. We've, we've we have we ever seen that? I can't remember. Yeah, remember like the 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 recent run, which by the way was also like a seven year run. This new the new era of Brock Lesnar. Like I, I was watching Mania, the Mondays after Mania, the um, excuse me, the Raws after Mania. Mm-hmm. And when he came out against Cena, that was like seven or eight years ago, dude. It's still yeah. in wow. the back of my mind. It just feels like it was like a three year ago thing because <laughs> yes. we would see him like four or yep. five times a year. Yep. But yo, Brock coming back as a baby face. I think that'd be very interesting. It, it was nine years ago, as a matter of fact. It was 2012. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not, yeah not, crazy. That, that was recently crazy. on our poll of a suggested show we review for our classic show. And it was Brock's. Yeah. I think first match back against Cena. Yeah. Extreme Rules 2012 mm-hmm. was like, holy crap, nine years hey, ago? I was in the building for that one, fellas. Yeah. 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 His first main roster run before he quit was two years. Yep. That's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, What do you guys think about this match going on first? I'm not saying that it should have gone 
on last instead of Sasha and Bianca. But like, what do you think about, okay, it's not going to be last. So we're going to put it on first instead of second to last. I, I liked it. I I thought if, if Bianca and Sasha were going on last, that this was the right decision. I think you do your two world title matches as bookends. Initially, I thought Drew McIntyre would have the first appearance on the pay-per-view though also. So (laughs) Vince kind of overshadowed that a little bit. I I, I do think opening with fans is the most heel thing ever. (laughs) Like with a, with a heel win, like, all right, fans are back in the building and a heel goes over clean. I I think I texted somebody. The WWE is back, baby. (laughs) I I do. I do. I do hope that they have something in the works with Brock because if, if they're going to do Brock, Bobby Lashley, I don't blame them at all for having him retain, but if they don't do that, then I think it's, if that's, if that's not in the works, I think it's a little bit more questionable for sure. For sure. So, um, Let's see. We got a couple comments I wanted to get to. For the first show back with a crowd, it was necessary to have to go first if Sasha and Bianca was the main. I, I just think that it's odd. Like, you guys follow UFC, right? Mm-hmm. Love okay. UFC. Nick yeah. does great UFC yeah, content. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, they have co-main events, and they don't put the co-main event that's not last on first. I think this is, like, it's just kind of a fascinating thing to me that, like, only WWE fans, I think, are like, yeah, yeah, you put it on first. Yeah. Like, I think it's, it's just kind it's, of a it's weird the thing, thing with psychology and wrestling, like with the up and down <laughs> flow of the show. And so it's like, it's so much, it's a, it's a little different than UFC, but well, I understand what you're saying I, from I a real sports perspective. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point, man, because I went to an ROH show one time at, um, cause I'm from New York City. So they would run a lot of ROH shows. And dude, it felt like every show, the, every match topped the other. So I remember telling my buddy, I was, I was like, dude, this main event gotta be insane because some of these matches already have been so crazy. So Kyle, that's a good ass point, man. I never thought about that. You never, you know, like <laughs> you have you have three title fights coming up in two weeks on the pay per view for the UFC. They're not having one of them open up the show, right? Mm-hmm. It's like no, you're building yeah. towards every match gets bigger and bigger. It's just weird with wrestling. Do you guys think it was because of all those years of those long manias? where there were six, seven hours, so they would try to squeeze in those matches as, I don't want to say fillers, but, you know, like you said, Ryan, the highs and the lows, right? I went to the Mania in New York, WrestleMania 35. Dude. Oh, man. We didn't get, I didn't get home till 3 in the morning. Like, it was crazy because it ended at around 12.30. We were in there for so long. So do you guys think that's why maybe they've kind of done that? Because growing up, I don't remember it being like that. I, I think it's... Zeus is onto something here. Like it's uh it, it's a way to balance the show, like just to balance the the emotion in in the show to me. It's like you gotta gotta have your ups and downs so you don't wear wear the crowd out. Um I don't know that, that I mean maybe that's not as important as WWE thinks it is. I, I'm not advocating one way or the other, but I think it's their way to kind of put on a good show holistically and not just a string of good matches. Cause you know. We've all seen enough UFC fights where, you know, you've got a a great first, you know, first three fights and then the two at the end just completely fizzle out and are absolute, you know, duds. Right. And mm-hmm. then the crowd kind of it's it's a bust in the end. And I think they try to they try to work to avoid that. Yeah, absolutely. I actually went the last time I got on a flight was for UFC 248. And that was in Vegas. I went for my birthday 
and the main event was Adesanya and Romero. So, Kyle, I don't know if oh, you yeah. remember that one or if you guys remember, like, that was a snooze fest. That let down everybody. But the co-main was the chick fight. It was Joanna and Wei Lee. And that was the fight of the year, I think. Yeah. So it was it was weird how like that played out in, in that event. Yeah. I, I want to go to the women's match and kind of look at both ends of the show here because you know, as we go on, it's gonna be getting very late and people are probably gonna be tuning out. They I'm sure they want to hear us talk about Bianca and Sasha. So we're gonna go right to that and then we'll probably touch on the rest of the card a little bit. But I think the big talking points are this opener <laughs> and the main event, and maybe Bad Bunny a little bit, but uh yeah, we, we got to get moving or we're going to be on air at like 3 a.m. So <laughs> this comment, this comment, and I know, Nick, you might have to check out. You said, so if you do, just let me know. That's that's completely fine. I'll get the tongue lashing the attacks later for dragging the show to five in the morning. Jesus, why did you make me edit a three and a half, sh- three and a half hour show, Kyle? No. <laughs> um, this comment that we had it from Aaron uh, on the Facebook feed kind of goes right into the main event, I think. So he had said. So do you think something with Bailey got cut due to time? Her appearance before the Hall of Fame seems strange. So it was a little weird how she kind of she came out there right before the Hall of Fame segment, right before the main event, I think it was. Uh, because So there's been these rumors that Becky would come back during an in-ring segment with Bailey. So when Bailey was out there in front of the crowd, there's loud Becky Lynch chants. And it could happen tomorrow. It's been rumored. We don't know. Um, Becky obviously teased it was going to happen during night one on Instagram. Uh, and then there was com- some conversation of whoever wins the main event. Is Becky going to come out and go face to face with them to close the night? And I was pretty negative on that. I didn't want to see that happen. I would love to see Becky Lynch come back during like a, a Bailey ding dong. Hello segment. Maybe they'll do it tomorrow. I don't know. I don't want to see her come back after Rhea Ripley and Oscar for example, tomorrow. And I definitely didn't want to see her come back to close the show after Bianca and Sasha. So I think holding that off was the right decision. I don't know if something got cut. Um, maybe if they had Becky planned for tonight, they moved it to tomorrow. That is that is certainly possible. Um, but I am I did want to say I'm glad they kept it away from at least tonight's main event or tonight's women's title match. Yeah. You, you want the new champion to have the spotlight yeah. to themselves. I mean, in terms of cutting Definitely. things, I mean, they, they left those old Spice commercials in. So, I mean, they weren't <laughs> too worried about time. That's true. No. You know, also, I feel like if it, Becky, it makes more sense for her to come after the Asuka and, and Rhea match because she never lost her title. And that's the one that she right. vacated. Right. Yep. Like, why do that with Sasha and Bianca? Especially with Bianca. Like, she's such a fan favorite. And that was such a cool moment. To take that away, that's only going to get heat from the fans on Becky, and I don't think they want that. Yeah. Yeah, historic main event. Um, I got to say, I put this out on Twitter, but that build-up video, the hype video for the match was outstanding. Really, really good stuff. Seek it out. That's, that's going to be the new Rock Austin Mania yeah. <laughs> promo, which I watch like once a week all year round. <laughs> so that one and the Rock Brock one from SummerSlam 02. Was a really good one too. This was, yeah, you know, great getting them pumped for the main event. You got this historic main event. Um, only the second time ever there's been women in the main event, but then to have two African American women in the main event, it was super cool. And then right as the bell rang, they were both choking up tears. Very, you know, moving moment there. And then they absolutely delivered in this match to me. And we talked about it earlier for all of us match of the night. No doubt about it. Uh, a couple slip ups here and there, but nothing to really take away from the match as a whole. 
Um, I didn't think, I mean, some really, really super cool uh, spots, starting with the part where um, Banks hits the suicide dive to the outside and Bianca catches her, rolls through, stands up, walks up the stairs, carrying Sasha over her head and dumps her into the ring. I mean, unbelievable feat of strength right there. At that point, you're going like, wow. Now, this this woman should be an absolute crossover star for WWE if they do this right with Bianca Belair. Um, so that that blew me away right off the bat. And then like as the match goes on, you have Bianca hitting the 450 on two different occasions. Early, she hits it. Banks gets her knees up. Late in the match, you know, Sasha gets a little bit frustrated. She used Bianca's hair to her advantage although that comes back to bite her in a little bit. Bianca gets a 450 splash. This time she hits it. Sasha kicks out of it. Uh, Bianca goes for the KOD. Banks counters it, grabs Bianca's hair. Bianca snatches her hair back and whips her so ridiculously oh, loud. I mean, it oh. just echoed throughout the stadium. Great and sound. Awesome. Great. And, and then in the end, uh, Bianca hits the KOD, wins by pinfall. Uh, you know, the pyro display at the end was cool. I also was going to mention that uh, in the entrances, they had the drones up in the sky with their, like, you know, you had the the sunglasses for Sasha. I think they had lips for Bianca. That was all super cool. Uh, just the presentation from beginning to end of that main event, they knocked it out of the park. This was, this was everything that a WrestleMania main event should be, I thought. And they, these two delivered, absolutely. Um, you guys' take. Kyle? Uh, three things, you know, Nick mentioned the video package. I smirked a little bit when he referenced uh, the uh, the Rock Austin one because can this video package make you forget uh, Reginald the same way that that Rock Austin video made you forget about <laughs> Deborah, the Rock's manager? So, <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, number two, uh, I was very happy for these two that they had such a good match because if you listen to them doing media all week, you could tell they were very excited to get that main event. Like when it was officially announced, they, I'm sure they knew it before it was announced, obviously. Um, and they were going to put a lot of pressure on themselves to deliver here. So it's always, you know, just rewarding to see somebody, you know, who wants something so bad, go out, execute, deliver. That's really cool. And lastly, this match was designed to get uh, Bianca over as a star. And I think mission accomplished. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Zach. 100%. I mean, that's to me, that's one of the biggest takeaways is the success in that endeavor. Like, I mean, the match was entertaining. It felt like a main event. As you said, Kyle, I mean, both women really, really brought it. And, you know, I, I, I really liked that the emotion at the start, you know, right when that bell rings, it was, it felt genuine. It felt authentic. It didn't look like a put on, like it felt real. And, and I, that's because I think it was. Um, but I mean, so Bianca Belair in this match, I think she she delivered and had the match that she needed to have to take herself to the next level. Sasha Banks, though, I, I mean, Bianca Belair is going to get, you know, the attention, right? She got the win. She's the one that like has the big spots. She's the champion. But Sasha Banks, I, you know, the 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 IQ that she has for the wrestling business, I think is like next next level in terms of WWE. I mean, she knows the job at hand in in a match. And I think, you know, the way that she 
made Bianca Belair shine. And and and, and this, she didn't do it alone. Belair was there too. But Sasha was really generous with everything she did in there to get over her opponent and to have a good match, but to make, you know, another big star for WWE. And I think that's what the that's what the great ones do. And I think Sasha really, you know, really her stock rose here too even though she wasn't victorious. Uh, Nick, what did you want to what did you want to add on the main event? I know you were a big fan of this one. I want to piggyback off what Zach was just saying now cuz I I don't know if it's a hot take, but I've been feeling really passionate about this for a long long time. I think Sasha Banks is the best women's wrestler of all time. And when you factor in everything, right? Like as a heel, as a babyface, putting people over, the matches that she has, Dude, think about like the last five years of women's matches. A lot of them that you would put on the top 10 list feature Sasha Banks. And the IQ, just everything, her, her, her mannerisms, just the whole, the total package, man. And I'm a big Trish Stratus, Mark, right? Love Trish Stratus. But, and I used to think Charlotte was, was the goat like already, but man, I think Sasha is just, already and i don't even think she's 30 years old yet dude like she's really young in the game so i think sasha just and you're right zach like a lot of times we just like our society right we always remember who wins we forget Mm -hmm. who loses but in this case man you need two to tango and and sasha really put on a show as well very uh selfless too i mean here's someone who's never won at wrestlemania and you know you look at what happened at mania last year where rhea ripley's 2020 was derailed by losing to, Char- mm. to Charlotte Flair, and you don't have Sasha doing any kind of power play about, geez, you know, I've never won at WrestleMania because it would have been absolutely the wrong decision to beat Bianca Belair here. And so she was a trooper. Yeah. She put her over. Yeah, she's up there. I think she's up there on the list of greatest women's wrestlers of all time, for sure. So uh, Zeus in the chat, five stars, if he's rating this out of five stars. I mean, it's it's four plus for me. For sure, just just the whole package of uh, of what we saw tonight. So uh, interested to see where where this goes for Bianca. Uh, Aaron says main event and a no doubt about it. Let us know. Let us know your thoughts on the main event if you are tuning in right now. So hey, Ryan, yeah. I don't I don't want to steal the thunder from your show, man. But since we're staying on with the women, can we talk about the women's tag? Yeah, let's go to that. Okay, I feel like the wrong team won, man. Me too. <laughs> I, I feel like it should have been the riot squad. Yes. I'm sorry. Natalia, Hulk Hogan vibes for me, man. She just doesn't do it. It seems like she's had so many tag team partners over the years. It just, I don't know. It was very, it was like an oh shucks moment for me when they won. I was like, damn it. I, I it, thought the riot squad should have gone over on that. It also one. doesn't well, make sense because you have two heel teams now wrestling. Yeah, tomorrow. That's what I was going right? to say. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the heck? Yeah. Well, you know, Tamina can make good on her promise that her and Nia is going to be the Hogan Andre of our generation. Remember when she had that hideous tweet? Like, she put like them two standing face yeah. to face next to Austin and rock and Hogan oh, and Andre and somebody else. It was so bad. Tone One was deaf. not like the other. Yeah, it was that, that was a horror. I, I, I mean, I don't mean to be mean, you know, people can get say, Oh, you're being too hard. That was a terrible match. I was kind of hoping there'd be a surprise team <laughs> here, like Charlotte and Bailey coming out as a surprise tag team to get them both on the, on the show. And if it wasn't going to be them, yeah. Riot squad, they're popular. Uh, 
you know, Liv Morgan, they made a documentary on her. They know she has a following. Right. She's yeah. a super engaging well, personality. She can work. She does great character work. She's popular. Ruby Riot's a good hand in the ring. Like, I don't understand why they don't go forward with this team, especially when you look at what happened at NXT TakeOver the other night. And the big the big difference, I said this on the Sports Kita show the other night, the big difference to me between the NXT women's tag division um, so far with like Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon and the WWE tag division with the women is that often the WWE women's tag division, the teams feel forced, like they don't belong together. You look at NXT, like Shotzi and Ember, they feel like a real team, like they want to be together. The Riot Squad has that. They feel mm -hmm. like a real team. So why don't you push them? I don't get it. It, it would have made sense. Then you got your babyface team going against Nia and Shayna. Instead, you've got two heel teams working tomorrow night. I don't get it at all. Yeah, the, flop. The, the match itself with the Riot Squad in there just, I think, would have been better. Like, even like you take the babyface out of it, it's like you got two different styles. You got Riot Squad that can sell for Baszler and Jax, like, really effectively, build sympathy on them for a good, for, for most of the match, and and then and then go. It's just, yeah, I, very big miss, in my opinion, too, on that one. I'm with, I'm with Nick and, and Kyle there, and you too, Ryan. Yeah. Kyle, you said very bad match. I I, I can't disagree it, too it, much. It, I mean, it, it wasn't good. <laughs> yeah. One good, Ryan. We talked about Mandy slipping during the entrance, you know, the, the wet stage. Poor Mandy. Uh, Dana Brooke falls out of her top a couple of times. The screen goes black because of that. Mandy and Ultimo Dragon. They've got something in common now. Who would have thought? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this, this was not great. It was... It was you know, you follow that main that opening match with Drew and Bobby, yeah. which outside of the finish was a very good match. This was uh, definitely a downturn here on the show. So uh, they followed that though with Cesaro and Rollins. This was a good match. We talked a little bit about the swing earlier. Nick brought that up. Uh, happy to see Cesaro get the win at WrestleMania. A big a big singles WrestleMania win for him. If Justin was on the show right now, or our usual third co-host, he'll be on tomorrow night with us after uh, night two. I'm sure he was excited about this, but he'd be more excited if he knew that they were actually going to push Cesaro after this. And I don't know that they are. I hope that they are. I think the guy still has a lot of popularity, um, but they've never shown a willingness to follow through on a push for Cesaro. Um, Nick, where are you at with Cesaro? Because I know, like you've told me, you kind of go in and out with the product. I'm, I mean, I know you were probably a guy that at one time was behind Cesaro. How do you feel about him here? Nah, man, I can't say that I ever was behind Cesaro. Cesaro, Baron Corbin, uh, Braun Strowman, all together, just they never do it for me. Um, but look, he's everyone raves about his strength mm -hmm. and how like much of a savage he is, like in the weight room and whatnot. And I know indie fans really like him. I don't know, man. I feel like one of you guys could add more to this because he's just very dull to me. It just doesn't. He just. Doesn't well, that's what they think. Forward. I think you know that they, he doesn't yeah, have the character like work it. to move forward. He's a great worker in the ring. That's why people get behind and, him. Is the guy can have look, awesome matches, but yeah. And I got behind them for a little bit when they threw Paul Heyman with him, and then when like Heyman can't get you to like get over at that point, I'm just checked out. That was an odd mix because that was the, that was right after he won the Andre seven <laughs> years ago, by the way, mm -hmm. when yeah. we all thought they were going to push him seven years, ladies and gentlemen. And 
the crowd wanted to get behind him as a baby face and the Heyman thing. I remember when it happened, I was like, all right, well, this means they're going to push him because they're putting with Paul Heyman. But it, it seemed like an odd fit and it just was an odd fit. And it didn't work. I don't know, like, if it was anyone's fault. I just thought that was an extraordinarily odd booking call to put Heyman with Cesaro at that moment in time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Way back when. Yeah. What's your take, Zach? Yeah, I mean, I, I I think it's all in the follow up with this one. Like, I I, I don't want to get too behind it because I'm not sure if the actual push is going to be there. I mean, I think Cesaro is a guy who, if you if you build him the right way, I don't know that he's ever going to be the face of the company or even get a long run with the with the Universal Championship or anything like that. But I think he's a guy who can have you know a serviceable pay-per-view main event with Roman Reigns, you know, down the road, if you keep going with him for sure. Um, but you gotta, you have to go with him. as far as the match goes. Um, I thought it was a really good match. And I, I, in my, uh, previews at the torch, I was worried that I, I didn't know that they were going to succe- be able to successfully like take the story of the swing, the Cesaro swing and like, like put it into the match in an effective way that made that made sense but they did here i thought they really you know they teased it at the beginning they did the kind of the big spot at the end that led into the finish and then the one two three so yeah i mean they i think that's a classic kind of two pros knowing what they're doing in the ring and and they got the exact you know reaction that they wanted i thought the outcome was right too i don't think rollins loses anything putting cesaro over here um and cesaro can can you can keep going with him if you want yeah. Mm. exactly what Zach said about the swing. That was the key to the match, and it was well worked from, from a you know psychology perspective. And anything less, I think we all agree on this, anything other, I should say, than a Cesaro win here would have just come off like a huge troll job by WWE. Yeah. Like, I mean, you 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 couldn't not have it win here, yeah. especially after mm-hmm. they did that promo that they replayed tonight. They, it originally aired on SmackDown, that little commercial, <laughs> so that good. Run, <laughs> that, which was quite entertaining for something yes. involving yeah. Seth Rollins. That was very good. Yeah, the uh, campaign commercial thing. Mm -hmm. Yes, good stuff. So yeah, to me, this is kind of an incomplete because we'll see what happens with Cesaro, but it was absolutely the right decision in a good match. Um, One thing I will say is the tag match that followed this with uh, AJ Styles and Omos defeating the New Day for the Raw Tag Team titles is here's a guy who should be a massive, massive star, pun intended, Omos was just radiating energy, radiating star power. I mean, the guy is gigantic. The look that he has, I mean, if they play this right, they should have a big time star on their hands. And I think I thought that this was predictable, too, that they would win. They have to win. It's his first match. He's this dominating force. I kind of like the story they told with. You know, the New Day coming out, playing the characters like they always do, but it, it almost felt like they were underestimating Omos, you know, mm-hmm. like the way they were joking around and everything. And one of the great tag teams of all time, and, and they lose in his debut match. And so, I mean, I was just blown away by this guy and just the just what the visual that you see of him in the ring. And so I think, I think Kyle, they, they have a star in their hands if they do this right here. Crowd was into it. It, it was odd how they were building to a heel to get like a hot tag right like yes. it was the heel yeah. team and i think zach you might have even tweeted that i i yes i did i'm certainly not the only one to have tweeted yeah. that but yes yes no that that was my take too um that they kind of had a reverse psychology thing going on which i think you know made the match itself confusing but at the same time the goal of this match was to get Omas 
over, you know, and to, to, to showcase, it was a showcase for him and it happened in the, in the tag team environment. But I mean, that I think pretty clearly was the end game. And they, I thought they, they, they knocked that out of the park. Is he going to be a baby face down the line? That's the thing. That's the thing. I mean, the, the audience was like you said behind him and and they were reacting for him. And, and that's a, that's tough. I mean, it's tough to have him, you know, on the side of AJ Styles and, you know, be a baby face, but styles can be easily turned too. I think there's enough Mm. people out there that would be willing to cheer him. So, yeah. It's a long game. They can play it where AJ's manipulating him or something like that. Or that, I'm yeah. like, yeah, get rid of this, you know, schmuck. You don't need him anymore, Omos. And yeah, that, that's an idea yeah. they could do. Yeah. Nick, were you blown away by this dude when you saw him? Yo, <laughs> when he was three. on the ramp next to AJ, I I think that's the first time that I really realized just how massive that dude is. <laughs> and then yeah, when they were in the huge, ring man. together, yo, has there ever been a guy that big? Uh, so he's taller than Andre actually was legit. So I guess he'd have to go back to like El Gigante, yeah. right? For a guy that was mm-hmm. actually that tall. And, and thankfully, he does not move like a drunk Scott Hall, like Jorge Gonzalez. <laughs> ah, he looks pretty yeah. mobile in there, man. That's one thing about big guys like that. You, you always, you always wonder if they could actually move. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think the sky's the limit for this guy. Uh, definitely. Uh, Zeus, who's dominating our chat right now, he says. Uh, Omos only needs to move faster than the great Kali, and he's a shoe-in for Hall of Fame. <laughs> Remember, you have to be a former WF champion to be in the Hall of Fame, according to Michael Cole. Oh, yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I, look, I know there were some extenuating circumstances. We we didn't bring that. Michael Cole did not have his best night tonight. I, I can't believe he blew that call on the finish of the Bianca-Sasha match. He had a lot of kind of odd statements throughout the show i thought and like his jokes in the pre-show were not landing very much and mm. wait what what did i miss at the end of the bianca and sasha match he said she kicked out at the finish <laughs> yeah he oh goes, my god he, i didn't catch said, that yeah, he, he said sasha kicked out and Corey graves had a cover he's like no, no. <laughs> oh man wow i did yeah. not catch that yeah yeah that, that'll get post-produced yeah <laughs> yeah just like that Hulk Hogan heel reaction at the 92 Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's for sure. Bring in the old Coliseum video workers here. Yeah. Um, all right. So, you know, the Strowman-Shane McMahon cage match, this was just, I don't know. It got almost exactly the same amount of time as Cesaro and Rollins. We've talked about it on the podcast. The The storyline just is dreadful. It sucks. The whole thing about Shane calling Braun dumb and the report card and all this bullshit. Like, come on. This Bullying him. Yes. The yeah, big, who, the, a guy that big getting bullied. I mean, like, for the love of God, anyone who's ever gone to school, if... If you saw a guy that big getting bullied, would you have sympathy for him? Everyone is like, what a wuss. How is he getting bullied? He's the biggest guy in the class, right? Everyone who's ever been shoved in a locker could just, you know, (laughs) empathize with Ron (laughs) Strowman. So, like, and then it even continues in the match, right? So they they play all that up. (laughs) Um, For anyone who has ever been called stupid, this, oh, come on. This is for anyone who's ever been called stupid, Braun says. Um, There was a cool spot where Shane goes coast to coast with the top rope dropkick 20 years after he, I think, debuted at WrestleMania 17. I can't remember if he had done it before that. That's when I remember first seeing it. No, Um, that was the first time against (laughs) against Vince. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then, you know, they fight up the top of the cage. (laughs) 
And of course, Shane has to take the crazy bump. So he takes a hip toss off the top of the cage. And then Strowman screams afterwards, who's <laughs> stupid now? And I thought our, our friends at Matman had the great take on this when they said, yeah. you are. Why didn't you climb down the cage? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, I mean, this was it, it was what it was. Of course, Braun gets the win. Whatever. I mean, not too excited to see this. Anyone have anything to add? <laughs> <laughs> when he ripped Shane back through the cage, that was moderately amusing. Yeah. Yeah. That was the highlight of it for me. I mean, it was such a it was such a low bar that they set that for me they probably they probably cleared it, but that's not saying it was good by any means. It's just 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 silly, just pure silliness. And yeah, I'm kind of just glad it's over. Yeah. Um, Aaron had something in the chat. So and this kind of confused me too. He says, why was there a toolbox in the bag at the top of the cage? Was that ever advertised that they were going to have like those weapons up there? Cause I always, I thought that this was just a standard cage match. So when they, they had like the, um, the metal plate thing up there at the beginning, I was like, wait, why is that there? And then yeah, the toolbox and all, I thought that was odd. Cause that wasn't really advertised ahead of time to my knowledge. Yeah. Bizarre. Sorry, it wasn't. Did somebody remember that hideous Jericho Ambrose thing they did? And we're like, oh, let's redo that again. <laughs> yeah. What this was, was that not match great. called? That match sucked so bad. <sighs> was it at the asylum? The asylum? Yes, match? yes, the yes, asylum match. Yes, yes, yes. That's it. So yeah, that wasn't great. And uh I guess the only thing we haven't talked about, Bad Bunny, Damian Priest against the Miz and Morrison. I mean, we kind of briefly mentioned at the top, but I thought Bad Bunny, I thought he delivered. I thought this is one of the better celebrity actual matches you know he's done the backstage stuff but as far as like the in-ring debut goes he got he got the star treatment for sure you know he got the uh the entrance on the semi riding on top of the semi that was a cool visual of course uh but he looked good to, to me he looked good in everything that he did i know kyle this is where you said you're gonna have a different take from the rest of us uh but i mean he hits the crossbody off the top rope to the outside hits the canadian destroyer on the outside what they say in commentary the bunny destroyer whatever that was uh better than it had any right to be to me this match was i didn't have high expectations but afterwards i was like man i don't really i still don't really know who bad bunny is but he delivered the crowd was into him he got a great pop when he came out um and you know he gets the pinfall he gets uh he hits the crossbody off the top rope as damian priest is holding the miz on his shoulders covers for the one two three um i think i kind of know where you're gonna go with this kyle because we talked about how when uh pat mcafee debuted against undisputed era and adam cole he got all this offense in and we talked about how like this guy who's never really wrestled before should he be getting that much offense in on your top stars on nxt and i did have a problem with that but here to me it's the Miz and Morrison. They're geeks. I mean, yeah. I know the Miz was recently world champion for eight days or whatever, but yeah. what a fine looking decision that was in retrospect. Yeah. <laughs> so, but Kyle, what's your take? Yeah. No, it's funny you brought that up. That's not where I was gonna go. Uh I was good. He did. He he was bad buddy was great. He was better than any right to be uh, in the ring. I think the key thing to watch moving forward is Damian Priest. Did he get the requisite rub off this? Because that's the whole point of this scenario. I, we've been talking about that mm -hmm. for weeks on the show, Ryan. You know, this scenario needs to make, you know, yeah, Bad Bunny's going to get his two-second clips they're going to send out to all the news magazine shows. But six months from now, 
did this do anything for Damian Priest? That's the key to me uh, moving forward, what to watch for. True. And I don't know what the answer to that is, mm-hmm. for the record. Yeah. Nick, Nick, what did you make of this match? Man, I thought it was exactly what it was supposed to be. It was a fun match. It, it gave us some laughs. It gave us some moments. Uh, Kyle, you're right. It needs to make Damian Priest, or else this is going to be just a flop and a wasted opportunity. And also, like, Bad Bunny took this very seriously. He bought a house near the performance center so he could train a lot. And I just loved it that what I talked about in the open, how he was. Imagine if one of us was to be in that role. Like, that's the kind of fan that he was growing up and still is. Like, he loves wrestling. So it was cool, man. It was it was a cool moment. And Miz, Miz and Morrison, they did what they had to do also. I just loved it. I was that was a fun match for me. Like it wasn't the best match, but it, I think it was the funnest match of the night. Mm-hmm. Zach, I agree. I can't can't disagree with that. I think it was spot on in terms of how it was booked. Um, I I want to comment on Damian Priest here in a minute, but I think you know this match could have easily been something where okay, you got Bad Bunny out there and. He's just he's out there. He's out there. He's in the corner. Maybe he gets a tag here and there for like a couple spots. But he was very much the focus of the match in every way on, on offense and, you know, selling too. you know, in the ring, getting just get beat up by by the by the heel. So I thought he I thought he delivered better than I certainly expected him to. The other thing that stood out to me was we only have, you know, the reaction to Bad Bunny in the Thunderdome environment, which is all, you know predetermined reactions obviously with piped in crowd noise so you didn't really know necessarily how the real audience the live audience was gonna was gonna feel about him just because we haven't had any there's nothing to, to base that on at this point mm. but man they were there for him tonight for sure and i thought he played into it really well um and uh he brought it i, I i'm with kyle though and it's a really good point that and i didn't that didn't cross my mind until you brought it up that did Damian Priest get enough out of this tonight? And did he have a time to to shine even in this match? And, you know, when I'm kind of replaying it in my head, I don't, I don't know that my answer to that can be yes at this point. I don't even know if he hit his finisher, you know? Um, and I don't, I mean, I mean, bad bunny had to have 90% of that match, you know, from a, from an in-ring perspective. So I don't know. Yeah. And that, it's fascinating because a light bulb went on over my head when you were to talk about, you're right. They, Normally, they just give the celebrity a couple token spots, right? Yes, They're like, all right, right we're going we're gonna to let you hit a high spot here, a high spot here, and that's going to be the highlight we sent out to the news magazine. Just, but they let him work face in peril, yep. which like they almost never do with the celebrity. I mean, you're right. He took 90% of the match. So, um, yeah, did they even give Priest anything <laughs> is something to – I guess I'd have to watch it again to um, render a judgment on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. I mean, I think there'll be just re- the regular residual benefit of like Damian Priest being around Bad Bunny and all these clips that will help him. And I think it also shows the WWE sees something with him in him to put him in that spot that they know is going to get a lot of attention. But yeah, I think, you know, if we went back and looked at looked at this match, you'd be wondering like, hey, you know, did, did Damian Priest get enough? I don't I don't I don't know that you can answer that question with the yes, but that doesn't mean it was a bad match. It was a good match and you know crowd loved it and that's 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 the point in the end. So yeah, good stuff. Yeah. He'll probably lose the Miz in eight days on Raw. <laughs> yeah. 50-50 I wouldn't again. be surprised. Yeah. yeah. I hope not. I would not be surprised though. But uh yeah, no, that's that's a great point. We need to have some follow-through with Damian Priest because he's another guy, I think, with a really high ceiling if they do it right. So 
yeah, I mean that that's it. That was night one of WrestleMania 37. Uh, fun show, A B level, I would say. Looked forward all day to breaking it down with you guys. Great to have Zach and Nick back on the show. And uh, I want to give you guys a chance to plug your work. So, Nick, where can the listeners or people watching the show find you moving forward? At the Lamb shows where you can find me. Everyone calls me Lamb. That's what my nickname is. So that's my handle. And then the show is Veterans Minimum. You get sports. You get betting. You get long forum conversations. You get some wrestling every now and then, depending on the guests. So check out Veterans Minimum as well. I got to say, so Nick was recently on a documentary they did about New York sports betting. And I saw you tweet it out. Uh, I think you had it on Instagram, too. So then I was searching for it. Like, I got to watch this. I know this guy. He was featured on it. I found it, I think, on their website. And then I, like, I screencasted it to my TV. That was really cool. So nice job on that. I enjoyed that. Dude, thanks, man. You should have just asked me. I would have sent you the link over. It <laughs> I didn't want to seem like a creeper, going on. but I was creeping nah, behind man, the scenes listen, to watch it. Ryan, you, you, always, you always show a lot of love, dude, and I appreciate that because a lot of people, you know, there, there's a sense of, uh, I guess it's it's a guy thing where we don't, like, maybe it's an ego thing or a pride thing. Like, if someone's doing some good work and you appreciate it, like, reach out to them and just tell them, like, yo, I really like what you're doing, man. And it goes a long way. And I I don't take that for granted. So anytime you need me for something like this, I'm available. Yeah. Great. Great stuff, man. You're doing great work over at Veterans Minimum. Check it out. And Zach, where can they find you? Yeah. Well, you guys can follow me on, on Twitter at Torch, And then you can check out my work at PWTorch.com. I got... Uh, columns pretty much every day over there just breaking down either raw or aw dynamite um or uh you know bigger shows like this and i usually get uh some sort of you know editorial take up every week too and then if you go vip at the torch pwtorch.com slash go vip you can check out my weekly podcast on the canvas that uh is all about the art of wrestling so we'll certainly pick something from uh from wrestlemania night one or night two to break down um next week but all from a not so much winners and losers perspective or this person should have gone over or that person should have gone over but more so just kind of honing in on the artistry of a match or artistry of a promo um and but it's current event based so you can check that out as a torch vip member uh, again pwtorch.com slash go vip nice well worth the subscription i'm a regular listener does great stuff over there and like i said assistant editor now too so you can find his work every day often he's doing a great job and uh one of the smartest minds in wrestling me and zach talk all the time through dms and whatnot always enjoy talking pro wrestling and bringing on the show so this will not be the last time and kyle the rain man of pro wrestling always a pleasure you'll be back tomorrow night with me with a with a different crew as we break down night two of WrestleMania 37. Hopefully it'll be a little bit earlier in the night tomorrow, but uh, always look forward to jumping on the line with you, Kyle. Yeah, and uh, you know, so far so good. Got the old second uh, shot in the arm today. Feeling no side effects, despite the fact that I was just coughing up a lung while everyone else was speaking. <laughs> I'm completely unrelated. Um, I'm just very choked up about WrestleMania night one. Um, so I should be there. And you know, honestly, if I was on death's door, I would show up anyway. You would. 
He would. Uh, for the, f- the five years we've been doing this show, Kyle shows up through anything yes. to record Top Rope Nation. So me, a me, great me, sidekick. Dedication. Me, I love it. Me and Vince, they'll have to drag us, you know, <laughs> off the screen. <laughs> <laughs> On our, di- yeah. our our last dying breath, we're going to be uh, talking about pro wrestling. Yes. So, yeah, Kyle will be back tomorrow. Justin Joint will be here to complete the trio. And then uh, we will have a very special guest on the line as well. So we will see you then. Enjoy night two of WrestleMania 37. Tune back in for the post show tomorrow night. Take care.